Hello and welcome to Is Me Is a Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Omar Lopez, and I am joined with someone who is full of moldy pizza. Josh Hemo. I'm also joined with someone who is sugar-free. Fatima. And I'm also joined with someone who has gotten me out of a pretty sticky situation. Dan Baker. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, joining us for the first time ever, someone who is bold yet very understated. Caroline. Nice. As our wonderful listeners can tell, there is a lot of people here today, and we are all safely socially distancing. Far away from each other. Yeah, very far. I wish I was sitting on all of you. I wish that too, honestly. (laughs) Oh, sure. (laughs) Jesus. Caroline and I are keeping it so safe that we live in the same apartment and are in separate rooms. Yeah. Live by example. Fatima and I are not that safe. Anyways, if you're tuning into our podcast for the first time, this is our podcast where we talk about a SpongeBob episode and discuss little life lessons you can learn along the way and hopefully have some fun with our beautiful friends. So um, to start us off, just like last week, we have some donation links of thing of different organizations and places we would love for you to donate. Um, Josh, how about you take it away with your donation? Sure thing. So what I want I got for this week is the Black Artist Fund. And this is an initiative that gives money directly to black artists uh, to combat like the systematic in- inequality in art. So basically, like it finds artists, uh, uh, black artists out there who need help, like either making their art more known within institutions like museums and stuff and giving them grants and stuff like that to that. So really, really worthwhile like, organization to uh, donate some of that money to. Awesome. Fatima, what did you uh what did you pick this week? Um my link is for the House of Tulip. They're a nonprofit collective creating affordable housing solutions for trans and gender nonconforming people in Louisiana. Perfect. Uh Dan, who do you pick? I am uh bringing attention to the uh memorial fund for Elijah McLean, who was a young black person who was murdered in a particularly uh gruesome fashion by the police in Aurora, Colorado. Um, there is a GoFundMe page for his survivors going that I will provide Omar the link to. Nice. And then, uh, Caroline, who did you, uh, pick? Um, I have, uh, Cloth, C-L-O-T-H. It's an organization that's based, one of their locations is right across the street from where Dan and I live. Um, it's an organization, um, dedicated to serving, um, just Washington Heights in general. Their services are include like affordable housing, um, youth education, adult education, job readiness. So they pretty much are all about underserviced populations up here in the Heights. That's our neighborhood for a lot of people who don't know. Um, So this week I decided to pick House of Pentacles for two reasons. One, really cool name. (laughs) Um, And two, uh, it's a film training program and production house for black trans youth to help them learn uh, filmmaking and storytelling so that way they can, you know, get their own messages out and that way we can make the film industry a little bit less uh, homogenous. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, uh, I think all the ones you picked were great. Um, so if you are interested in donating to any of those organizations, Google them because you are all free thinking human beings. Um, I hope. <laughs> and also you can just check our show notes as well and you can find them there but to start us off for this week this is our our final uh episode of the season josh are you excited no it is pretty pretty crazy that we've gone through season four already it feels like doesn't feel like it's been that long but yeah and this, this such as such as like such as the times so yeah <laughs> um can you remind me what which episode is this again Oh, uh, well, you're about to find out because it's going to be season four, episode 20. Best day ever. <laughs> Hell yeah. At least let me finish the intro. We Oh my God. <laughs> no, no, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Say it again. Say it again. This is uh, Best Day Ever in Gift of Gum. Act one. Best day ever. So. In this act, SpongeBob wakes up super hyped about having the best day ever. So hyped, in fact, he sings a whole song about it. And his best day ever starts with his favorite job working at the Krusty Krab, karate with Sandy, jellyfishing with Patrick, 
and then finally ending the day with Squidward's concert. And basically, there are problems with every single event he has planned for the day. And finally, after missing Squidward's concert, he has had enough, and uh, he makes everyone do like a little musical just for him. <laughs> so to start us off, I wanted to ask the group, is best day ever, how do you feel about the song? I feel like it's the most played song. They put it in the SpongeBob musical. They put it in so much branding now. But how does it rank amongst the SpongeBob songs? Fatima, we'll start with you since you're so excited. <laughs> I can um, tell. Okay, this is unfair because you're the only person who can see me right now. But um, I actually have never seen either of these episodes. And but I knew Best Day Ever, so I assumed this like for the last like twenty six years of my life that Best Day Ever was from the first SpongeBob movie, and I just didn't remember it. Oh, me too. Um, <laughs> thank you. <Carol. laughs> um, and like when they put it in the musical, when I saw the musical, I was like, yeah, obviously, because it's from the movie. Um, I I don't think it's the best one though. I I liked the ca- the campfire song song the best. You think that's the best song? Yeah, and then the isn't there like a shoelace one? Yeah, and then and, and then the yeah yeah yeah, and then the f- there's like a, a friendship song too, isn't there? So you're basically saying every song, but the best day ever is a better song. <laughs> I guess okay, just, I guess name all every the songs, song in SpongeBob. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is all the songs that are in the early SpongeBob episodes are better than this one. I agree with that. That's I actually felt the same way about it. Mm-hmm. I was like, best day ever is a bop. I will say that it's a good song. It's very catchy. I was singing it the rest of this day, but I also would prefer almost any other spongebob song to me it that. feels very much like a pop song like yeah. it's not a, it's not a good song but it gets stuck in your head really easily and i think that's what makes it special where some of the other spongebob songs they don't get stuck in your head as easily as like this one does i would put it in my top 10 but not my top five i think if i had that's to put like it, a best way to go about yeah it. i it think it's so much sense. i think if i had to put it in my top 10 it would be number 10 it's like the worst of the good songs on spongebob i was surprised that they started the episode with it because like i don't think any of the other songs like the the best spongebob songs start at the very beginning of the episode so that yeah. was a bold move yeah but i mean even if you like if you break it down like a musical even like the yeah. musical doesn't a musical doesn't start off with its best song like you save no. it for the 11 right. o'clock number or at least like the act one finale and so for the <laughs> And the fact that they use that one song throughout the whole episode and then ended the episode in a reprise, I was just kind of like, okay, SpongeBob, like we get about the Mayu Theater. <laughs> Please, I've been out of work for months. Let's just break down every theatrical part of We this get it, Fatima, quick. you did theater. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, they end it in a musical, so I think that that conversation is actually valid. Yeah. So actually, you can all eat my nuts. Well, I, I think that, and that's, I wrote that down. I think it's interesting that this is basically like, without knowing, was like a promo for the musical. Because mm-hmm. the song, oh, and the fact yeah. that out of all the songs that ended up in the musical, that this one did end up in the musical is really yeah. interesting to me. Yeah. So we were talking about, there are so many better songs yeah. throughout the series that they would pick this one out of everything. I do feel like it was one of the more popular ones from uh, Spongebob, though, because even when... So my favorite Spongebob song is This Grill Is Not A Home, which is a fucking classic. Oh, that's straight out of a musical. I love that song. It is straight out of a musical. So it's not a surprise that Spongebob had, like, this very musical number that, like, ended up in an actual Broadway musical. But even my favorite... Even though that's my favorite Spongebob song... It's very, very much not like a super popular song. I feel like even people who don't know SpongeBob SquarePants know the best day ever song. Yeah. You know, it's feel like it feels so much more commercial than all the yeah. other SpongeBob songs. It and feels like they were okay it, was, it was branded that way. Yeah, like, it feels the entire, like they were yeah. trying to make a song that people would listen to outside the context right. of the show. Exactly. Which I it's it brings up an interesting concept though if the actual musical was like a jukebox musical based on all SpongeBob songs oh my god what it is like I would watch that yeah hands down. I would too uh, maybe when they rewrite the musical Josh you can, you can I'm, it. I'm up as producers <laughs> some uh fun facts about this song though uh, it was composed by Tom Kenny which I think oh is that's very awesome wait really that's pretty telling with uh, Andy Paley I don't know who that is he, either but. 
he was in like punk bands and stuff growing up so like and he is like a whoa an active musician like not an active like touring musician or anything but that's something i've always thought was interesting about him so that's really cool that he wrote this i actually had a note in in my notes saying like we were watching it and i turned to caroline and i was like tom kenny's a really good singer yeah he is yeah yeah, he's got that voice control. He's, I don't think a lot of people can do the SpongeBob yeah. voice. So I feel like that takes a lot of uh, throat muscles. To sing this song, <laughs> to sing this song as well as he does in a character voice, I think is really. Every time I come on the show, I talk about how how great of a voice actor I think Tom Kenny is. So I'm just going on the record again. Like he's <laughs> phenomenal. He's one of the best ever. I also think that it's really nice that uh, when he runs into the nematodes and he starts singing that uh he sings like the wrong note yeah so it shows you how bad it could have been (laughs) and there's like a lot of nice little moments within this entire episode that are just i don't know it's when i started watching this episode i was like this is a lot of filler i can't believe like this episode's gonna be this way and i know i'm not gonna like it as much as i did but like i honestly think and josh you may feel the same way i think this is the strongest episode in the entire season. I completely agree. But uh, I don't know if you agree. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. It is the strongest episode. And I, what I thought was really cool is, to me, it felt like, yeah, it was filler, but what it did is bring back themes from the original. Yes. Like, the fact mm-hmm. that we had karate, we had the the him being so excited about Krabby Patties, him being excited about jellyfishing. The, all the nematodes. Things that he, yeah, all the bare yeah. basics of SpongeBob we had in this episode, which I really appreciated, you know? And, and we've talked in the past that, the movie was supposed to be like the finale of all of SpongeBob, but if they ended it with this episode, I would almost be okay with that too. Yeah. Just as how much it like comes full circle with everything that we've seen in SpongeBob so far. It does feel a little nostalgic. Like it almost feels like you have to have watched the rest of SpongeBob to understand this episode. Yeah. Or fully appreciate it, which is why it's not my favorite episode. But like, I, I, I agree. Like they, there's a lot of classic moments. Like the nematodes made me turn to Dan and say, "Like, oh, that is a deep cut. Yeah. Like that's a throwback." And I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I necessarily agree that this is like bringing back the nostalgia for me. And maybe it's because I, I, I don't watch it as much. Like whenever Omar watches it for the podcast, I'm usually never there like watching it with him so i my concentration what a true fan he's in his space yeah you know he's in well, his zone I'm, I'm just saying that <laughs> <laughs> i i haven't like truly really watched spongebob aside from the um other episodes that i've been on the podcast for like since i was little mm-hmm. and when i watched this episode i really was like wow spongebob's friends suck yeah they kind of do <laughs> oh, and that's one it, of my like, lessons oh no <laughs> Yeah, and so I was just kind of like, I was really annoyed during this episode because I was like, Spongebob like really is just trying to like live his wholesome life. And like, uh, I felt like it was easier to kind of like look past like the shittiness of his friends and like the the older episodes. Yeah. And like in this one, I was just very like annoyed at his Although, community the whole time. I have one counterpoint to that, I think, uh, and it leads into one of my small lessons for this episode which is read the room, SpongeBob. Small lesson, read the yeah. room. Sandy was mm. in the middle of dealing with something that could kill her, a leak in her in her home that would let the ocean water in could be disastrous for her. And SpongeBob was like, oh, but wait, do karate with me. And I was just like, <laughs> read the room, buddy. I don't think Sandy was in the wrong in this episode at all. I think that's the hot no, no, no. that's that's the hot take, right? And for me, I feel like SpongeBob was kind of a whiner this entire episode. I feel like all his friends, even Patrick to some degree, like had legitimate problems, but he sat there whining that he didn't have his best day ever with all of them, even though like like the nematode infestation, that's a huge thing. That can yeah. lose Mr. Krabs could have lost his entire business. And Is like, that like I'm glad that he brought out his thing. Yeah, it's almost worse than bugs. It's like termites and bed bugs if they <laughs> oh. had a child. Oh, yeah, it'd no. be nematodes. Not the crusty. Oh, and crab. they also grew gills. <laughs> but uh, I do like with the nematode infestation that we brought out the good old uh, nose flute as an yeah. instrument. Yeah, that was really fun. That was another thing to go along with Caroline's point of like just throwbacks to like other elements of SpongeBob that we haven't seen in a while. Like the nose flute. Excuse me, I'm burping because I. I'm slamming a beer right now, but um, <laughs> uh, the the nose flute being like something that is established in universe as something that SpongeBob is capable of doing, and also that he has the musical ability to like command hordes of animals, like he and Gary did during the jellyfish episode. Yeah. So like 
it did feel like that was another piece that was kind of a throwback um element so caroline you mentioned that uh something was your small lesson what'd you what'd you write down as a small lesson oh oh so like i had one big takeaway so maybe i should save it but no it's okay uh spongebob is surrounded by selfish people oh 100%. you know and but like also, spongebob is so selfish yeah. in general though yeah but like he's optimistic in a way that i i know i will never be mm-hmm. but like that's why he's so happy because he just doesn't realize that everyone around him sucks um i feel like that's kind of the entire point of spongebob's character right like he is unflailingly optimistic and happy and willing to help people despite the fact that he lives in a town where literally everyone is either a dumb or like extremely unhappy to the point where they just treat everyone around them like garbage so no i think you're spot on he's surrounded by very unhappy and kind of mean people. <laughs> but here's the thing. I think this episode, and I think the reason Josh and I think it's the best episode in the season is every episode within the season. And Josh and I have, uh, I've definitely harped about it. This entire season is like, this is the first episode where everyone, everyone's character feels written for them. Yeah. Like, there's so many it episodes this season where, yeah. where Patrick is such an, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. like this one, it's just like, it feels like, yes, he is surrounded by sorry now you got me burping down yes <laughs> it's he is surrounded by literal assholes and like idiots and all these other people but like finally like we see a sandy who's like not like a typical like girl trope and we also see a patrick who's literally dumb and then mr krabs just as greedy as he's always been and it kind of like encap- yeah. encapsulates like the exact situation they're dealing with but one thing i had uh, a question for you fatima was um at the very end, you know, they help SpongeBob put on this, like, basically a musical just for him. Mm. And Mr. Krabs is the assistant stage manager. And Dan has said multiple <laughs> oh times God. that Mr. Krabs is such an asshole. <laughs> How do you feel about an asshole being the assistant stage manager? Um, I've worked with a lot of assistant stage managers, and a lot of them are assholes. So I felt like that that was... <laughs> was accurate? That was, like, pretty spot on. I can um, second that based on our experience <laughs> at, a, at a mutually shared uh, work place that Fatima and I had (laughs) yes um and I also work as an assistant stage manager and so like I feel like I'm a pretty reliable source for that but um I (laughs) was really impressed with the production value of the show um but I was also wondering who was working backstage when all of them were sitting on the hamburger at the end it was probably automation right yeah (laughs) someone has to be that's 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 my counterpoint to like everyone saying that everyone all his friends are super selfish like they went up and above to like make this production happen for him right like yeah that very quickly too very quickly too like that and that's something like that we haven't seen like we've seen them all throughout the season and some of the past seasons but we haven't really seen them like try to do something in return to help spongebob this is i feel like the first time that we've seen them actually try to do something really special and the fact that they like went over budget and made this huge production like out of nothing, I think is like actually really cool of all of them. And I think that makes them good for, in a way makes them good friends, you know, after yeah. all the goodness. I just wish they didn't have to be such jerks 99% of the mm. rest of the time in order to have this 1% of the time where they're being nice to SpongeBob, you know? And even to, to that point, even there's one character in this episode who continues to be a and never has a moment of self-awareness about it and it's patrick patrick thank you patrick is patrick <laughs> patrick is a friend i will die on that hill it's exemplified thank here you. in this episode it's okay. exemplified and in the, the next episode and he's patrick. just a bad friend and even when everyone's being nice to spongebob right before they put up the musical at the end he's like the only one who's like, uh, I don't know. What did you, what did we do? I forget. And he's just, I hate Patrick in this episode. Okay. He's okay. Jerk. But like, I feel like, I, I just feel like we see different sides of Patrick. I feel like what we see of Patrick is just a bad side of him. We had, we've seen parts of Patrick that are actually really kind and special to SpongeBob. So I feel like their friendship is on a different level than what we understand friendship to be. <laughs> and that's, that was the lesson. Like, that was the lesson I got. It was just like the definition yeah. of friendship changes between people. You that's know? fair. So, yeah. So we can say that. One thing that I, sorry. No, you're one thing that I got was that is it okay because patrick is just so stupid 
I mean, I it's a comedy, so. right? Like, it's not like a cloying kids show about teaching the value of friendship. Like, it's a funny show, and it's supposed to be funny. Yeah. And if but Patrick isn't stupid, it's not funny, right? It's also what does SpongeBob get out of this friendship? If he gets, if he's getting something that he feels is unique and like means something to him, then it doesn't matter how stupid Patrick really is, right? Yeah. Like he. <laughs> Maybe he know. enjoys yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you use that argument, then like, yeah, Patrick is necessary to put all the obstacles in the way of like SpongeBob getting what he needs in every <laughs> single episode. Cool. If you want to use that that's... argument, Patrick's like the reason why <laughs> SpongeBob has to like overcome anything in any episode. But if you're going to have a best friend character, I would like to see the best friend character not. <laughs> but that's my question, though, is because Patrick is so dumb, does that excuse his rudeness so i'm going to because he doesn't understand he doesn't have the cues right i'm going to take what everyone is saying here and so anytime someone says to me hey you did something that hurt my feelings hey you're being an (laughs) asshole right now i'll be like well i'm just really dumb and also it's comedy (laughs) (laughs) that's That's the one lesson i'm getting here my small (laughs) lesson is that it's okay to be an asshole if you're dumb if you're dumb and funny (laughs) (laughs) yes which honestly, very true. As <laughs> it is, very true. If you're that dumb, honestly you're is funny. true. So many people get away with no it. Way. Not even dumb. Um, not even dumb. Just funny. If you make people laugh, you can get away with so much. Just to steer things away from uh, Patrick for a little bit. There's a lot of <laughs> nice little sight gags within yeah. this entire episode, and the one that really stood out to me was Mrs. Puff. Yes. She's wearing this coat. Mm. <laughs> it's her night on the town. <laughs> We've seen before. Mr. Krabs gave Mrs. Yep. Puff all yep. this stuff. Yep. So oh one God. thing that I wrote in here was keep that from your exes if yep. it has value. Oh, yeah. So many oh, people yeah. will You're be like, right. this necklace, my boyfriend gave it to me and he broke up with me and I'm going to throw it away. Either one, rock it so that way they're like, them over. Or two, sell it. Sell it for something. Yeah. I know. I know as soon as I dump Omar, my keeping these beats headphones exactly. I'm, not ret- I'm not returning them also uh speaking of relationships <laughs> one thing that i put was arrive early to events just in case yep. there are issues with your vip status mm. and i learned that because fatima yells at me every time i'm late to any theater thing <laughs> i thought it was really sweet that squidward put spongebob on the vip list yeah, he couldn't have uh, told a brother. Like, he literally I mean, could have just been like, hey, by the way, just tell your name at the door. Why didn't and the get usher in? ask for his name as well as a ticket? Right. I think it's he was not doing his job. The usher, the usher was too busy him. building his usher puppet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I'm just um, waiting for an excuse to use to this. Use- <laughs> um, one thing that I like in cartoons that I noticed in this one especially was whenever SpongeBob brings out his very expensive uh, jellyfishing net, it still has the price tag on yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> which so many cartoons just say like, oh, it's expensive. Price tag. Also, the bad crazy thing that Spongebob does with its tooth, where yeah, he's squidward. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Tooth. Yeah. It yeah, immediately so is, grows is back. Spongebob's, are his teeth made of wood? Is that what we're to <laughs> understand? Maybe they're just so thin. Maybe. <laughs> that could Super thin teeth. I don't know. I've never had a reed ever. So. They're yeah. made of wood. Well, I know that, oh, okay. but I'm like, is there thickness thing yeah there is a thickness thing we've seen time and time again that spongebob is able to regenerate his body parts so like it's not that weird to me that he has this weird thin tooth that he can instantly regenerate yeah but (laughs) when i was watching him pull it out of his mouth i had to turn away from the the, the tv (laughs) i was like this is awful i don't want to watch this which is classic SpongeBob, right? <laughs> yeah, certain parts where you just like, what the "Can't watch going on." Yeah, they need Although, to put trigger warnings for body horror. <laughs> <laughs> the tooth read did lead me to another small lesson of unexpected solutions fix problems, such as the nose nice. flute, the mm. adhesive glove, and the tooth read. And mm. I hope that this is the last time in all of my life that I have to say the phrase "tooth read." <laughs> Could I make a clarinet out of teeth? Do you think Ugh. that's possible? Ew. Oh, God. <laughs> Stop it. Would I play it? Yes, I would. I would absolutely pick up the clarinet You're, again if it was made out of teeth. You're definitely going to get a Christmas oh, yeah, present Fatima, you would know. a clarinet made out of teeth. Spe- specifically out of Clar- Caroline's teeth only. <laughs> I want to know. It's season four, episode 20, called The Best Day Ever. <laughs> yeah! 
Jesus Christ. Do y'all do y'all think they did that on purpose? I hope so. Ooh. I mean, part of me Were hopes they any... did, but I I don't think that it was like super intentional. Yeah, the only reason I don't think it's super intentional because as someone who works in the film industry, <laughs> think file, files aren't really named like that all the time. Okay, I'm sorry. Wait, hold on a second. Everyone shat on me for saying 11 <laughs> o'clock number and having been working in the theater industry, but no one said a single f***ing thing to Omar for saying having worked in the film industry. <laughs> you guys. He said it in a funny voice. To be fair, he said it in a funny voice, like Caroline said. That was a little self-effacing about it. And you were just like, 11 o'clock numbers, show tunes. I love theater. Yeah, you, you literally went on a rant about theater. I'm also really theater, dumb, so. so I get away with a lot of yeah. things. Also, he's the host, and we can't be too mean to him, or he won't ask us to be on the podcast He'll again. He'll just cut out all of our vocals, all of our, I'll be mean our to entire him. track. <laughs> but as I've discussed on the podcast before, my SpongeBob journey is very... Uh, intrinsically linked to marijuana so i i like to believe that they did this on purpose because they know that they have a certain amount of audience who are college stoners but i don't know who knows it's one of life's great <laughs> mysteries maybe that's something we find out when we die it's time for the bubble 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 break. Boop, boop, boop. That worked out really well. Wow, I was surprised we were able <laughs> to coordinate that. I almost thought it'd be funny to say buble, but then I was like, oh, <laughs> we would have kicked you off the podcast. Your kid is just leaping out. <laughs> can you rein her in? Sorry, it's too loud. Hey, can we talk about Sarah Bareilles for a bit? Like, if we're talking about like <laughs> actually what this bubble break is Michael all about. Michael Buble's not a theater person. Um, yes. Anyway, every waitress theater kid listens to Michael Buble. Yeah. Waitress. Thank you, waitress. One of the best was musicals Michael of the Buble past ten years. What is waitress? Yeah, what does waitress have to do with Michael Bublé? I was talking about Sarah Bareilles. All right, I was let's. About Michael all right, Bublé. Stop. All right, all right, all right. Good, good, good. We can continue this on our other bubble break for no. this bubble break. <laughs> we have to resolve this now. Uh, we're gonna. So what'd you pick for this bubble break? We're gonna decide. Um, so we're gonna take a page out of Act Two, and if we were to make a giant gumball together, all uh, five of us. What would be the one personal item that you leave in this giant gumball? And I think, Caroline, since you're... Oh, before we even start this, we completely forgot. Yeah. Caroline, why don't you give us a little introduction about yourself? Like, what's your past experience? What do you do? Like, past experience what's with SpongeBob? What's your SpongeBob experience, yeah. too? Ooh. Well, I, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a person. I, uh... <laughs> Succinct. I so we like that I used here. to work. I don't anymore. Um... <laughs> In the before times, what did you used to do? Yeah, uh, I, I worked in theater. I, I was a sound designer engineer, which is why I'm doing a double recording. <laughs> because um, I don't want you to send, I don't want to send you a bad file because that would suck um, <laughs> for me. <laughs> um, Blame it on me. I processed it wrong. It would bring <laughs> right, shame upon go. your family. Yeah. <laughs> um, I watched SpongeBob all the time as a little kid. I loved it. I loved it so much. And I like the same episodes over and over, mostly seasons one and two. Um, mm -hmm. And rediscovered it a couple of years ago and realized that it was still f***ing genius. Uh, <laughs> and Dan and I quote it all the time to each other. We call it yeah. intrusive SpongeBob thoughts. So we'll just be we'll nice. just be sitting like on the couch or like I'll be cooking dinner and she'll be hanging out nearby. And I'll be like, um, I'll be like, hey, Caroline. She'll be like, what? And I'll be like, I'm not just ready. I'm ready, Freddy. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking unbearable. If anyone else heard us doing it, they would nice. want to punch us. Yeah, it's awful. That's very similar to what Fatima and I do. What's the thing you always tell me? You're like, oh, it's um, it's when we're getting ready to leave and I say, are you ready to go? And he goes, no, I'm not ready, ready to, to go. go. <laughs> he says that every, every time. Every, and I'm and like, it was funny the first couple of years of our relationship, but we're, we're um, we're uh, dawning on, like, on year, year 10 nine? here, folks. <laughs> yeah, we're going on year 10 here. Yeah, I love doing that one. Are you ready to go? No, I'm not ready to go. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> get your wallet. Let's go. All right. Well, are we um, ready to jump into this topic? No, I'm not no. ready to. Anyway, sorry. We're do it anyway. Sorry. <laughs> you, Dan. <laughs> all right. Let's start with you, uh, Caroline, because I feel like since you're uh, your first time on here, let's uh, let's start with you. What, what do you want to put in this gumball? Oh, oh, oh. What represents the friendship put, the most that you could put in this gumball? Obviously, I would put a band of weary travelers that don't know where they are into the gumball. <laughs> How would you get a hold of them, is the question. Well, the, the, 
I mean, how, how are you kidnapping them? I think it happened. I think the gum just does it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's how it happens. I don't know if that will hold up in a court of law when they like, come you, but it wasn't no, me. I'm it was not, the gum. Yeah, I'm not liable. Caroline's gonna imprint her essence on the gumball, and the gumball will gain sentience, and mm-hmm. then get the band of weary travelers and suck it into its. But what, is, what does that say about yeah. you that your 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 sentience that you give to this gumball is stealing people? I'm lonely. <laughs> well, Aww. there it is. Great. I'm that's not a joke. That's a real fact. <laughs> move it. Move it on. We need to. Do we need to have a conversation after we finish recording this? <laughs> this is a self. We need to stay podcast, on the Google so Hangouts. <laughs> what about you, Dan? What would you put in this gumball? Uh, so like. I'm of two minds about this. There are the th- there's the thing that I would want to represent who I am as a human being that would go into the gumball, and it would be something like, I don't know, like a guitar or some books. But then I'm like, no, there are the things that would actually represent who I am as a human being, and those would be like crushed beer cans and pizza crust. So, <laughs> Hell yeah. I think that's the energy we should go for. <laughs> that's unfortunately yeah. the energy that I bring to the table. <laughs> I checked my email today. Two items. <laughs> I checked. I checked my email today, and I saw. Um, <laughs> I saw an email from Domino's saying, "Don't forget, you've redeemed enough points to get a free pizza." <laughs> and without even <laughs> being hesitating, I was like, "Oh, cool! I'm gonna have pizza for lunch." I heard this from the other room. I heard, "Oh, cool." <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I think I think it would be, and I, and the reason that I'm comfortable picking two items is because I feel like crushed beer cans and pizza crust are like kind of just they go hand in hand, yeah, you know, complementary. Yeah. yeah, you can't really have one it without really, the other. In the really grand tells scheme the story. Yeah, it tells the whole story of who I am as a person. So, <laughs> what about you, Fatima? Yeah, <laughs> uh, a pair of Heelys, thank you. <laughs> I, yield, I yield my time. <laughs> why, why Heelys? uh because they're they're uh versatile and like uh i didn't really get to it but like the a little bit of my small lesson for the first act was like um being flexible and i think when you have a pair of heelys that is like being flexible because you can like run around (laughs) you can play basketball and then (laughs) what are you even saying right now you can pop and then you can pop the wheels out and you can slide away. And you can and scoot so- around the mall and be a menace <laughs> and- to all the mall cops. <laughs> so I I like to think of myself as someone who's pretty flexible um, within reason. And I think Heelys are very flexible within reason. Thank you. I yield my time. Suck my dick and choke on it. Wow. Thank you. That was really good. I yield my time. Thank you. This is not a meeting of the LAPD. <laughs> thank you. Josh, what do you have? I don't want to give mine away because I'm still thinking about I'm it. I'm still thinking about mine too. <laughs> this is the hard part. Yeah, wow. the three of us, it was easy. Yeah, we, we're not really good at this. Oh, okay, I got something. Yeah, when you go ahead. My literal body. I want to be one with the gumball. <laughs> you could be one of the people that Caroline still, or stills and yeah, puts inside yeah. of it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I was thinking more like like someone in the gumball and more someone that is the gumball. <laughs> I just, I want to really think of it as like, so if Caroline's essence is like the bloodthirst of, <laughs> of like absorbing weary travelers, I think mine will balance it out to so that way people will be like, oh, a gumball. That's so like kind and sweet. That's what I think I am, but I'm not. And then boom, sucked up. So you're a succubus nice. is what you're telling me. Yeah. Something a gumball succubus. Well, if you could like sexy gumball what? succubus. <laughs> Solid. Uh, if, if that's the case, I want to give my voice to this gumball because I feel like the only contribution I've given to this to anything in my life is like my silky smooth voice to this podcast. So if the bun, the gumball can sound like me, that's what I would appreciate. The, look, okay, so it'll sound like you. It'll radiate the energy of me, and it, it will contain have the some bloodthirst. Yeah, it'll have the bloodthirst of Caroline. No, and no, Walker it will contain and, and, and other will, humans. And it will travel around on hillies while decorated and in beer then cans. With... All the people sucked in can survive on the pizza crust. In the <laughs> That's wow. great. I think we really wow, created. We really created some some friendship. If, there. if only we could. Wow. If only we could have some fan art of this. 
<laughs> oh boy, that's yeah, Caroline. Good. Can you get on that? Yeah, a, a giant gumball, get please. Right on that. <laughs> Act two: The gift of gum. So it's Best Friends Day, and it, to honor Best Friends Day, SpongeBob and Patrick decide to do a gift exchange. SpongeBob makes this really cool robot for Patrick, and Patrick gives SpongeBob this huge giant gumball, Ugh. which. Uh, <laughs> Ook is right. <laughs> it is disgusting. There are a bunch of items, nasty items from Patrick's house inside of it. Um, and SpongeBob, you know, being the kind person that he is, doesn't say no. But throughout the episode, tries to find ways to get rid of it, only to find that the gumball itself has caused a lot of shenanigans in his life. So much so that it catches Squidward and Sandy inside this gumball and then eventually covers all of Bikini Bottom in this nasty, gooey mess. Uh, okay, so to start off, I wanted to ask the group a really important question, and I think it's a question you should always ask your friends. Do you spit or do you swallow your gum? Oh. What? Yeah. Josh, <laughs> what bull <laughs> question what is kind this? Of no, it's a real question actual question. I know people who do who both spit and swallow gum, so I want to know. You still know people who, who swallow yes, their gum? 100%. Adults? Adults. Yeah. Okay. Grown, so grown adults. adults. I, I, have an I need AC. their names. I'm going to go beat their right now. <laughs> I have an my, my what, what is it? What is, what is well, it about swallowing gum that's so awful, though? We all, we've all done it, right? Yeah. At least yeah. Think, when it, I was like twelve, but it, it, <laughs> yeah. it's it's a myth that it gets stuck in your stomach, right? Yeah, that but it's not still real. and it stays gross. there forever. <laughs> Why? But I'm just playing devil's advocate. What makes no no? We don't need so to devil's advocate on this issue. <laughs> what makes it so gross, though? I. Have an easy answer for you, Josh. Uh-huh. I'm ready. I spit my gum into a wrapper and throw it into a trash receptacle because I am an adult. <laughs> what? I have never wanted anything more in my life than to spit my gum into Omar's mouth, but he won't let me. It's disgusting. I will never, ever let that happen. That's a lot of saliva. <laughs> Caroline, you're suspiciously quiet on this matter. Well, I... <laughs> <laughs> I spit my gum. I'm a 24-year-old adult human. I spit my gum out. I I As don't you usually chew gum, and when I do, I spit it out. Where into Dan's mouth? But, or where? Right into Dan's mouth. Yeah, every um, time. It's so very unpleasant, but I do it because I do it because that's See, love. Because that's what love is. <laughs> you got to make See? sacrifices to make love. a relationship I'm glad that work. This podcast has changed into uh, a Dan, Caroline, Fatima, Omar like unfortunate <laughs> relationship just unveiling yeah, and yeah. poor josh has to sit through all of this how's it feel to be josh, a I'll fifth spit my wheel. gum into your mouth i don't know i'm so drunk right now i don't even know but it's fine <laughs> your fifth wheel on your own podcast yeah it feels great <laughs> but I, I i ask because that is exactly what patrick does Patrick is an adult, and he swallows the gum at the end when he eats all of gummy who is this weird gumball he swallows it which yeah, and look at what thing happens it's after nasty. he swallows it. <laughs> That's what happens if you swallow your gum. So I'm going go. to argue that the thing that makes Patrick's stomach like basically explode at the end of this episode is not the gum, but perhaps the sweaty socks and the old pizza and the actual <laughs> humans inside of it. <laughs> and they, the sentient I mean, underwear inside yeah. of it. Yeah. Luckily, You're luckily those, not Patrick. <laughs> luckily, those people escaped. Like I can't imagine him eating yeah. that gum before they had escaped. Which makes me, which brings to like another point. How long do you think it took Patrick to build this gumball? I mm. too think this long is like, and the, not knowing long that enough. like Best Friends Day is a once a year kind of thing, right? Do you think yeah. he spent? I think a whole year. A whole year, yeah. Did he spend all year creating this one thing for SpongeBob? I believe so. But he, but didn't he didn't make it for SpongeBob because he was like, "This is mine." It's just his. And like, yeah, I yeah, love I got it. the impression that this is something he's been saving for most of his life. Which brings me to my first small lesson: don't keep a giant ball of used gum and socks and pizza in your fucking <laughs> house because <laughs> it's that's, gross. That's, that's an everyday lesson we need. Yeah, <laughs> I run, and, I, again, I, I run into that to the whole time. Patrick. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> We're back to the anti-Patrick club because I'm anti-Patrick and like I'm going to die on that. I don't Although like to be him. fair, I actually am a little anti-Spongebob in this episode because there are points in this episode where Spongebob is low-key like deliberately manipulating the fact that Patrick is stupid and unobservant to like lie to him about getting rid of his gum. So it's just like, dude, just well, be honest. That brings me to my takeaway from this episode, yeah. which is gift giving is very difficult. 
yes we, we talked about oh, yeah. this on the podcast a lot and like that's that's something you gotta realize like not all gifts are good and it's okay yeah. to not want a gift if you get something that's kind of shitty like yeah i don't think you should feel obligated to keep something that yeah. is okay well oh, here's a actually, question here's, no, a here's question. a thing um sorry i just looked up spongebob's birth chart <laughs> and wait SpongeBob- hold on hold on hold on hold on <laughs> you go ahead <laughs> i just looked up spongebob's birth chart and spongebob is a libra moon um and that so explains he's a lot yeah so he's Bathy very a libra so that explains so much well i'm a libra son so it's not as telling oh my god anyway. who cares so, <laughs> no i want to know <laughs> what does it mean um this is all getting everything of you guys being mean to me is getting cut and then me just talking about spongebob's birth chart is staying no, this in is also <laughs> Being a Libra in general is like very indecisive and you're also like avoidant of conflict, which I think I am guilty of. And for that to be his Libra moon, that's like more of his personality. And so like for him to avoid the conflict of being like, Patrick, um, ah, I don't really like this gum. Like, can I we can steer see this conversation to like actual facts, which is SpongeBob? <laughs> I'm talking about SpongeBob. What's SpongeBob's no, reality? Which, which brings not which, 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 yeah. SpongeBob is a, thank, you, thank, you, thank you, Caroline. 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 That yes, you should not always be <laughs> passive and try to not always avoid conflict. And maybe <laughs> asking, saying that this gift is not great. SpongeBob's yes, a cancer son. SpongeBob's a cancer son. Argument for me. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. There's here's, such- here's my question though. Here's my question. So Josh, you're saying, and Dan, you're saying, I believe that. SpongeBob should have stepped up and yes. said, "Like, hey, I don't appreciate." Well, here's here's a scenario. So, like, say your friend gets you this really great cutting board, but you hate it. Yeah, okay, <laughs> hate it so much, and they and they tried so hard to like make this cutting board for you, and they like gave it to you, and you and they wanted you to love it, but you're like, I really, really hate it. My- Wouldn't it be mean to be like, I don't like this cutting board? What do you think, Josh? I think that I think that you should just be honest and not be a piece of shit about it. That's all my I'm immediate my immediate response to that is that it's okay to tell white lies about wanting a cutting board because having an extra cutting board in your house is not going to have the same consequences yeah, let's, as having let's, this let's, let's, festering yeah, let's compare, fermenting let's compare ball a cutting of board gum. to a giant disgusting wad of gum. I think that's a good idea. The, let's start there. The, let's start with how are they the same? They're like, not. How? That's <laughs> the thing. Oh right. If oh, someone you're right. they're not the, the okay, same. Good, let good, me tell good. you this. Let me tell you this story. A true story, true fucking story that Caroline can attest to. My birthday was last week. My parents got me a fucking a fucking set of bamboo cooking utensils that are shaped like guitars. They are the dumbest thing I have ever seen in my life, and I think they're very dumb and useless well, because we yeah, already have we this? already have way too many cooking utensils you in our buy home a college student cooking utensils but like we're both grown adults we I, have we, cooking utensils we have so many my parents spatulas in our apartment yeah exactly <laughs> so but here's the thing that is not something that is going to actively pollute and harm my living space so i'm just gonna grip my teeth call my dad and say, thank you so much for the spatulas. I appreciate it. And then as soon as I'm able to donate them to Goodwill, if somebody gifted me something that was noxious, (laughs) that was, that was, that was poisonous, that was going to take over my entire home and trap me and all of my neighbors inside of it, I would speak up. (laughs) That's the line for me. If it does you no harm to tell the white lie in order to spare that person's feelings, that's okay. If you are actively if you are actively sacrificing things about your comfort and safety in order to make someone else feel better, that's bad. And Dan, what's your birth chart again? I I don't I don't believe in witchcraft. This isn't Harry Potter, okay? (laughs) So but here's the, the big issue. The reason I bring up the cutting board is because Josh got me a Krusty Krab cutting board and that I think had a lot of thought into it. And I, this is the thing that we're factoring out. It's like we're thinking that, you know, Patrick's like, here's a f-ing piece of gum that I don't want. No, this is Patrick's like pride and joy. This is like Patrick's firstborn child. <laughs> I, so like I want to know like how do you navigate that situation? I mean, right? if you don't want the cutting board, you can send like, it back. I need a cutting board. So. No, I actually... Yeah, I don't like how you keep bringing up the yeah, cutting board. No, that's cool. I think that's, it was just supposed to be an inside... <laughs> no, that's what I'm oh, saying. So is this, it's grown a little bit further than I expected. So I can't bring up the birth chart, but you can talk about the, the cutting, cutting board. board that Josh... That's cool. 
Yeah, because this is not an astrology podcast. Wait, okay, it's a but, cutting but, board. Is it a cutting board? We, we, we could, cutting we could board. talk about gifts. I think that's cool. Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> Omar, are you telling me that you didn't like Josh's Josh's gift? I thought it was very no, nice. I, I love it. I actually, Josh knows that I love the gift. I think it's really cool. I was really excited for this gift. This is a bit, Dan. <laughs> Thanks. It's just like even I was like a little stressed out about the tone that you were using, and like I know you very well, so <laughs> that's why I, no, just I think to what check we're getting in. at is like at what point do you set boundaries with all this, right? I think that's what we're trying to get yeah. at. Is like what point do you set boundaries as if like it's it's hard enough to give gifts as a friend, right? But at what point yeah. do you set boundaries and being like, hey, like you can give me all these like really thoughtful homemade gifts all you want, but I can't use them anymore. You know, I can't, I don't have space for them because like I've had like even like my roommates like have made like I had a roommate that printed out like this really cool things for valentine's day i was like do i keep this do i get rid of it i don't know like i don't know how to tell them like i don't need this piece of paper that is like really thoughtful and really kind that you made this whole art project for me but i don't know what to do with it hey maybe this is revealing something about me but i would under no circumstances receive a gift and say no thank you I don't want this. This is bad. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> like even if way. it's inconvenient for me, I'm not gonna t- like tell someone that. So like like I think the fault lies with Patrick here because he's the one yes. who's policing what SpongeBob is doing with the gift he gave him. Yeah. You know. But also, Patrick seems to be like aware of the sentience that the gum, uh, the gumball <laughs> has, right? Like, because he's like, yeah. oh, I just have to say goodbye to it, and then like it spits out, it like spits on him. <laughs> And he's like, I'll miss you too. Yeah. And so like, he's aware that it's sentient and he still like is kind of like, uh, not unknowingly. What's the word? He's like giving it to SpongeBob without SpongeBob's like, yeah, like I, I would not come to Dan and Caroline's apartment and be like, I bought you a puppy. Yes. And like, and leave. That's the exact example I was just about to use. Yeah. I would would not leave y'all with a puppy without. Yeah. (laughs) I mean. Oh. No, but like, but like a cutting or a tarantula. Board, a cutting I wouldn't, board. I wouldn't be like, I brought you a tarantula. A cutting board <laughs> is no harm, no foul. If you have an extra cutting board that kind of sucks, can we stop bringing up the cutting you board? Can, listen, <laughs> whatever it is. Now it's becoming here's, too serious. Here's, here's the, up the cutting board. I need to make this distinction. Bit. I need to make this distinction. Fatima brings it's up a great long. point. If you it's give someone some kitchen object, and it's just it's it's not particularly useful, or it's gaudy, or you just don't need it. There's no harm. I think that the value of just preserving the gift giver's feelings is more important than saying, no, I don't need another spatula. But you need to take into consideration the fact that, like, this is not just a f***ing spatula that Patrick brings. Mm. It's a f***ing, like, like a, it's a person. It's, it's basically a creature that Patrick is like, here, it's yours now. This is your problem. Let's, and that's let's, not cool. Let's, before, before we destroy any more friendships, let's jump off this uh gumball situation and let's let's talk. i actually have a bunch of small let's, lessons let's, we, could, we could talk about yeah we could jump into small lessons let's let's do that <laughs> so yeah some some small lessons that i had based on this exact topic is don't give your friends your most prized possession if you can't handle it being gone because patrick definitely 100 percent gave something that he wasn't ready to give away and then also i have it's okay to be honest about the gifts that you get um and then also one other thing I had was don't get too attached to the gifts you give other people because mm-hmm. there's a chance that when you give someone a gift, they won't like it. And then finally, even, oh, let's flip it. SpongeBob's side, right? So Patrick gets this amazing robot that basically does whatever the hell he wants, which I don't really like the idea of a robot doing everything for me because that freaks me out. But also, um, what about getting people a crazy expensive gift? like? You have to be kind of cognizant of like what gift you're giving someone else. And I feel like we had a friend recently who got all their credit card debt paid off. Whoa. And I Whoa. think it's something that you need to, which is a great gift, I think. But I also think that person went through the steps of being like, hey, I would like to do this for you. Are you okay with that? Yeah. If you're about to get someone a puppy, if you're about to do something really big right. and a big gesture, you got to be able to say, hey, is this an okay thing? Um, it's not something as simple as a cutting board or wooden spoons, <laughs> you know, like you got to be like, Hey, I like this. Do you like this? Do you want this? Yeah, sure. Okay, cool. So that's all I have to say about my small lessons for those, because I just feel like there's so much rules, unspoken rules in gift giving. And yeah. it's just kind of crazy how 
Patrick kind of throws those out the window. Yeah. And even SpongeBob, like I said, that robot, like Josh, you brought it up at the very beginning. Is like, does he build that robot? Does he, <laughs> did he buy that? It's like version 2.0 or something like that. 2.1. And it has 250 creature comforts. What are those comforts? Are Can they sexual? Say- Is it a sex robot? <laughs> When I saw the robot, I because again, I I had never seen this episode before today. I was really expecting like a smart house situation. <laughs> I was really expecting the, the robot to be mu- like a lot more into the story than it was. Like it, it seemed like the robot was just kind of there to be a nuisance to Patrick, which I was also kind of annoyed. Like I was annoyed about like how Patrick was obviously annoyed with his present and like SpongeBob was doing a lot of work to like not show how annoyed he was with his disgusting ball of gum. Um, and I, again, it made me hate Patrick more, but also yeah. like I was just kind of like waiting for the robot robot to kind of do a smart house (laughs) thing so that was kind of like that was a disappointment for me they didn't want to get copyrighted you know yeah (laughs) they didn't want to get sued you know who doesn't bug me this entire episode gary gary's like i'm about to (laughs) and spongebob's like i'm about to throw away this gumball and gary zips up his eyes zip up his mouth (laughs) gary is no snitch and that's one thing that i will go throughout this entire season (laughs) gary will never turn your back on you yeah (laughs) gary's got in uh conviction and i think that is a very important thing to note within this uh act whether they got uh, a small yeah whether there's small lessons that we got from everyone else i've got a small lesson of know how to set boundaries in this episode and it and it, and it's not just about spongebob and patrick it's also about like omar was saying gary saying just saying if you're gonna do that i'm turning turning the other way i'm not getting involved but i support you uh it's about squidward in the window being like don't get involved just let it go and like you know trying his best not to get involved in spongebob and patrick's conflict and it's about how sandy doesn't know how to set boundaries in this particular instance when spongebob is like no don't do it sandy and she's like nah don't worry about it and then she gets stuck in the gum too because she wouldn't listen to him setting boundaries would have solved every single problem that occurs in this episode which is like a big common thing we've had this entire season i feel like yeah um, can I just say I was really uh, touched by what I feel was like a lot of growth within Squidward. Like Squidward looked out the window and was like, <laughs> yes. you know what? He was like, you know what? I'm actually going to not. I'm going to actually not. I'm, 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 glad, we keep, I'm glad we keep bringing I'm that up let them- because like, so we've been, what we talk about a lot in this podcast is like, there are a lot of themes that come up that present to like nowadays stuff. And minding your own f-ing business is one of the things that you should definitely yes. do right now. Because like yeah. the like the f-ing white ass Karens who are like, I'm gonna call the cops for this like black person just walking on the street. Like, no, mind your own yes. f-ing business. And that was one of the biggest lessons I got out of this episode was Squidward. Squidward doesn't call the cops. No, he does not. Yeah, Squidward's <laughs> a good neighbor. He deals with it like a like a yeah. Good and like, unfortunately, he gets like brought into it. Like, unfortunately, like the gummy is just too much for everything. But that's not his fault. And then he also like didn't involve himself like before out of the three of them squidward is the best neighbor he is the only one that Mm. i would consider living next door to because he is the only one who doesn't start he only reacts to if spongebob and patrick weren't doing all of their around squidward he would be blissfully alone in his beautiful house making his art and he wouldn't bother you i i take i take a offense at the art but i will pass by on that (laughs) Um, what about some interesting moments you saw? I think we, we spent so much time talking about this f***ing ball of gum, <laughs> but there's some like nice, interesting moments that happen. One thing that happens is Spongebob snaps his f***ing arms in half. <laughs> and I was, I thought it was hilarious. Not only does he snap his arms in half, but he breaks his legs trying to move this gumball. Like he ends yeah, up having to, to get use out his of legs it. to like crawl across the floor. It's a very good visual metaphor for lifting heavy things. <laughs> I felt that. I also like uh how Patrick says like, "Oh, isn't this a cute look?" And then he's like, "Yes, bold yet understated." And I'm like, <laughs> again, Patrick has these little moments of like, "What is in your brain and how is it working?" Where he just suddenly becomes like this <laughs> this really snobby like person, and which is annoying at times, but I I think it's fu- I like it when it's used for comedic effect. I really, really, really enjoyed the truck driver. That's exactly what I was going to say. Oh, the truck driver. 
I loved the fact that he was that when his truck stopped moving, he didn't decide to like turn off the engine and see what happened. He just decided, oh, I'm pushing it more. And he yelled, come on, old blue. But yeah. the truck was red. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, talking about this. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, that's it. That's my he whole observation. Oh. You talk back to me. <laughs> yeah yeah he was right, low-key right. abusive to his truck though i was just like it was like i was a little conflicted because i'm like i appreciate how much love he had for it but a lot of what he was saying was a little bit like problematic he was how he was, yeah you can be you can be abusive to trucks that's my hot take it's okay <laughs> i when the truck driver came on i i will say that i don't remember a lot of what he said because the whole time i was thinking about sandy uh how she, how SpongeBob had told her like oh you know save yourself Sandy like you can't do anything about it and she was like no I know what to do and then she uh, attempted to lasso or she yeah. did lasso that truck and the whole time in my head I was like yeah Southwestern culture saved us again <laughs> which, like, that's which, the only thing I was thinking <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up because that was like another small lesson I was like you can try to help but make sure that you're not making a situation worse I feel like Sa and yeah. Sandy did not listen to SpongeBob at all and did not assess the situation and just went for it and she 100% made that situation so much worse than it had to be. Yeah. But it was still Southwestern as <laughs> It's time for the Wumbo. 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 Wumbo lesson. The Dutchman's <laughs> nice. treasure. Good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I loved that episode. Two gold doubloons. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that episode. Yeah, let's go back in time. Let's do that. <laughs> we're just here to start our podcast, all right. and that's all. <laughs> this is our announcement to decide we're just going to go back to season one and stop. At yeah, we're going to work our way backwards from this exact moment. <laughs> so next week we're going to do the 420 episode again. <laughs> we <Yeah>. 420. <laughs> and then we're going to just go backwards. No, anyways. So this is our time where we talk about our big Wumbo lessons for this time. Um, let's start with our newest guest, Caroline. What big Wumbo lesson did you get for this episode? What did you learn from this wonderful, wonderful sponge and his spongy, not spongy friends? Omar, like <laughs> what did you say? I, I like that sigh that you Stop just talking. gave. <laughs> so this is... Yeah, so Caroline, what did you get? I this is the same thing that I sort of said earlier, but basically what I took away from both of these episodes is that SpongeBob is SpongeBob's life is <laughs> SpongeBob's life sucks. What I learned a in boating school is <laughs> what I learned in boating school. <laughs> SpongeBob's life sucks a little. He's surrounded by cynical people or selfish people or people who don't have enough time for him or people who get gifts and um somehow it doesn't bother well, that's actually not true. It does bother him. Cause I was gonna say that like maybe being as optimistic as SpongeBob means you just sort of ignore all of the shittiness around you and maybe that's the secret to happiness uh <laughs> maybe you heard it here first okay. folks i, I, wait, I, I, wait, I think on, i could say on. this i think you could say this is my big lesson I, i'll help you out so my big lesson is like friendships aren't perfect but we make them work so even if people are <laughs> no mine was more what like the world sucks but it's okay I, i'm just but... trying to help you out it's fine <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on. So, Caroline, what is your, your Wumbo lesson exactly? I want to make sure that we get our that listeners, our dedicated listeners know exactly what you mean. My lesson is that the world sucks, wrong. but it's okay. <laughs> I like that. Why is that? Mm. Please elaborate. What what makes it okay? What makes it okay? Is it your attitude? Is it like what what has what about SpongeBob has a has brought you to this conclusion. It's got to be your attitude, right? SpongeBob's attitude is like the most defining thing about him as a character. And um, mm -hmm. somehow, in spite of all of he goes through, he's still a very happy person. So I think if you just have a good attitude and don't give up, even though you're surrounded <laughs> by... Then... Um, You'll end up okay, I guess. Yeah, I like that. I feel like that's very practical. <laughs> yeah. 
good. <laughs> so Josh, what'd you get? Oh, it's, so I said like friendships are perfect, but we make them work. And I think we see like in part one, uh, like just because like everyone like had their own selfish situation going on, they came together to make like everything okay by throwing this thing for SpongeBob. And in part two, Patrick like gave this really awful gift to SpongeBob. But he did it out of love, right? He really cared about this object and he thought this meant a lot to him. So it meant a lot to SpongeBob. So I feel like in our lives, we all encounter stuff like we have different kinds of friendships and we friendship means different things to different people. Um, and sometimes those aren't perfect, but you kind of have to make them work. You had to adapt to how people feel and how those definitions of friendship change between people, which can be tough. Yeah, I also think like people think that friendships just like get to that amazing point because i feel like on instagram there's a lot of people who are like this is my best friend yeah. i'll never like be without them and it's like well if you haven't like confronted your friends about things or like you know built that friendship like what does that really mean yeah you know yeah what about you fatima what'd you get for your big wumbo lesson um i have like one and a half because i also have one about like friendship but mine is more like be picky about who you kind of keep around you and like like, I think it's important to, like, grow with your friends. Like, obviously, like, friendships are not perfect, but, like, you have to be picky with the people that you put in your inner circle and, like, uh, grow with. Um, but also one of my big lessons is communication. I think communication is very important. Squidward could have definitely communicated with SpongeBob about how to get to his VIP seat. <laughs> and, and SpongeBob could have definitely uh, communicated with Patrick uh, about this best friend's day gift that he got, I think, kind of um, duped on. So I think it was kind of a two-way street on that. I think uh, my Wumbo lesson from these two episodes is that life is all about managing your expectations. And in the first episode, in Best Day Ever, I think that's a lot more clear than in the second one. But um, mm -hmm. obviously, like, it's it's easy to see it in that episode. SpongeBob had these high expectations of what his best day ever would be so that he psyched himself up so much that as soon as the first thing started to go wrong, he started to question the entire like enterprise of his best day ever. He's like, oh no, I can't go to work, which to me, a best day ever would not include anything remotely resembling work, but that's besides the point. <laughs> um, chase your bliss, little man. But as soon as one thing went wrong, he cast the entire like credibility of his best day ever into doubt. So he had to manage his expectations of what the best day ever would have been because it would have been easier for him to adapt to the fact that things started to go wrong, but he could still have a good day without being a fucking crybaby about it. Um, and then in the second episode, you know, it's best friends day, which is like a an important holiday to them. And if he and Patrick had both managed their expectations of one, what they were going to receive and two, what they had to give each other. Mm -hmm. I think the conflicts of the episode would have been negated because they wouldn't have had this pressure to give each other these giant gifts that were ultimately not ripe for them. I think that's really like solid lesson. I think a hard time that we have um, in like modern society for a lot of reasons is that when we try to manage expectations, we see so much on social media and like other mediums of like what those expectations should be. Like, this is what my present should be. This is how my friendship should be. And it's not, not really always the case, you know? And I, I really like the idea that, you know, managing our expectations to be more realistic and not based on these other like social constructs are, are, uh, is a good way to go about life. So you're not, so you're not sitting there being like disappointed or like grumpy, I guess all the time. Yeah. I think it ties back to it's it's like it's like a a way to play off of both of Josh and Caroline's big lessons and Fatima's of like friendships aren't perfect so we should adjust our our expectations of what they're going to be and like what they're going to do for us and like jobs aren't perfect and living situations aren't perfect nothing is perfect so like if we just approach life with that expectation we are more equipped to handle um when things go wrong or yeah. when things get weird. Oh yeah, definitely. I like that. I like that a lot. I enjoy it too because it kind of works a little bit off of my big lesson. So mine was even the best intentions can have unintended consequences. <laughs> so like kind of like you were saying, Dan, it's like 
SpongeBob set this expectation that this day was going to be perfect, right? And so if you go out with this like intention that like, oh, my day is going to be the best, then any little thing that goes wrong is just yeah. going to completely throw you off. So um, it's kind of the same thing. Like you can intend, you can, you can hope that this will be the best day that you ever have. But if things go wrong, like you, you have to be able to like go flexible with it. Same thing with act two is what I put is um, like SpongeBob and Patrick kind of both went in with this energy that was like, I'm going to give people like the best uh, <laughs> gift ever. Especially Patrick was like, oh, this gumball thing was going to be the best thing ever. And as we kind of broke it down, it's definitely, definitely a horrible, horrible gift. But being able to be like, hey, I need to rethink this and like check in with yourself and step back and like adjust as necessary is like very, very important. Because like I said, you can give someone a gift and you can have your best intentions at heart, but it might not be the right gift for them. Yeah. Same thing with the, again, with the day that you're trying to have, you can intend to be like the most perfect person and it just doesn't work out all the time. And you just have to be able to like shift and go with the flow. Yeah. Thank you, Dan, Caroline, Fatima, with your lovable chaotic energy. So thank you, Josh, for <laughs> thank you for thank you guys for coming on. No, no, no. Thank you for coming on the podcast. It's nice. We, I don't think we had a guest in a while because of uh, COVID. So it's nice to actually have some people on. Yeah. There, so it's fun to be here. Yeah. I love any chance that I get to not have to talk to just Omar. <laughs> <laughs> I I also. Like every chance that I get to like to talk to not just Omar. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, again, thank you so much for being on this podcast. Uh, and also thank you all for listening. And of course, the donation links that we mentioned in the beginning will be in our show notes. If you want to send us anything, some suggestions, comments, or derogatory remarks or compliments, uh, please reach out to us on ismazepodcast.com or you can email us at ismazepodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on all the wonderful social media situations. Um, also, Josh and I will probably be taking a little bit of a break like we usually do at the end of every season to kind of reset and get excited for the next season. Um, so just keep posted on when we'll start posting again. And of course, share all of our wonderful podcast episodes with all your friends and enemies. So, uh, to end this podcast, since we're going to build this giant sentient ball of gum, I think we should start uh, get started and start chewing all our individual pieces of gum to contribute to this giant ball. I definitely have juicy, so, juicy uh, fruit. Does anyone else like? Are we doing like variety? How we? How we? I'm doing. doing I got bubble bubble. tape. How about bubble? Good. Nice. I got bubble tape. Oh, uh, I'm doing bubble tape. Oh, you guys are. Yeah, Fatima and I are doing bubble tape. We're gonna lady and tramp okay. it. <laughs> Caroline, okay, everyone... what gum do you have? Oh yeah, what do you got? Spearmint. Spearmint gum. Nice. Very classic. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everyone, just chew away. Mm. 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 Yum. Mm.